Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. There, there was a bear there, all black and brown and covered in hair. Hi, I'm Lot, Lady of Tarth, hype and post on Tumblr. I'm joined with Kama Splice. Hi, this is Kama, and you can find me at Grammar Saves Lives on Tumblr. Guile. This is Guile. I'm Guile and Subterfuge on Tumblr. Glam. This is Glam. I am Glamophonic on Tumblr. Uh, Coralie. Hi, this is Coralie. I'm Coralie Through the Looking Glass on Tumblr. And first time guest, stay seated. Make sure you unmute. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Hi, this is Stacey. Did I do not have an internet presence that I want to share. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Sorry. No, this makes you want to <laughs> <Okay>. dig more. <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> um, so we are doing a first time ever special episode um, based on fan fiction. Um, before I go into the, the meat of the episode, I just want to give my general spoiler warnings for books and show. Um, also, for at least five pieces of fan fiction amongst the 40 million that are out there that you might not have read. So we are discussing fan fiction, and it's um, kind of one of those things that people have asked since the beginning of this podcast if we were going to cover, because we are like a, a fandom-based podcast, and really, I mean, fan fiction is... One of those things I, I guess are, I don't know, I don't know what the right word is, but it's pretty much a base of any fandom. There's going to be fan fiction. My hopes is that, you know, if this one goes well, we might be able to do more in the future. So no pressure, guys. Oh my God. <laughs> this sucks. I'm going to stay awake. Yeah, I'll, I'll pull the cord. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I feel too, like with fan fiction, it's kind of like, First of all, I just gotta like thank everybody for being on this episode with me because, um, it is kind of, for me, it, it's almost like an embarrassment <laughs> to have to like, um, admit to people that you write it. I don't know if anyone else feels the same way. Am I on my own? Have I just. Why would you ever admit to right. anyone that you write it? Exactly. <laughs> I think I've told maybe exactly one person, uh, in my real life that I write it and I've pretty much always lived in fear that at some point one of my coworkers who <laughs> is going to stumble on my stuff. Um, so yeah, I, it's, it is embarrassing in a way, um, particularly if they find you're smut. Um, <laughs> or in my case, any of my very, very creepy Bruce stories, but yeah, it's, <laughs> there's always a fear. So oh. like, why is that though? Like, why why does it have such a stigma about it? Is it that? Is it purely the smut stuff and the weirdness that tends to be within fan fiction? Well, I think I, a lot of it is you you know you write what you know to a certain extent too. So some of the stories or anecdotes you might use as part of your story come yeah. from your own life or your friend yeah yeah friends' yeah. lives or your family's lives, so they could recognize themselves. All of a sudden, it should be even more mortifying. Mm-hmm. Definitely, that's um, a good point. That is a good. I think point. also. I think for a lot of, um, we'll get to that in a bit. Um, I think 
I think there's also um, a misconception, and it, maybe it's true in certain fandoms, that a lot of fic is, you know, written by 14-year-old girls. It's all Mary Sue, you know. It, and I think when people hear the term fan fiction, that's where a lot of minds automatically go to. I don't think it's accurate, particularly not for the uh, Song of Ice and Fire, but, you know, I don't want to be associated with that. I'm well over 16. <laughs> um, what? Yeah, I feel like I feel like an alien at this point because I have been writing fan fiction since I was like a fourteen year old girl. Oh, I have too. And so, but like everyone knows that I write fan fiction. I I've like been over any kind of it being a secret for a really, really, really long time. But. <laughs> That's interesting though. Like so, but like in the beginning, were you embarrassed or did you keep it a secret? Uh, I mean, I was I was like fourteen, so no, I don't think I ever actually kept it a secret. Oh, good for you. As always, you own like, that. I think. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. Whatever. <laughs> and, and and also, like everybody I I know also writes fan fiction that probably that probably helps. Hmm. I know a lot of fandom people in real life and. I don't know. It's just, it's honestly, it's never really been like a secret thing with me at all. Well, I, I think you're probably in the minority, but like, I mean, I, I kind of yeah. applaud that in a way. <laughs> like, I, I kind of like that when people are able just to like own what they do and without embarrassment. So I think it also depends on the fandom, probably. Yeah. There are a lot of fandoms where people are pretty open about it. Perhaps too open in some <laughs> they should be more embarrassed is what you're saying well hey some people they should be embarrassed I'm not uh, gonna lie some of the stuff they decide they're gonna write on it. <laughs> I thought what we could do um, just to gain and give everybody a taste of I guess what we've written because everybody on here is an author of fan fiction is kind of have passages read um, from selected pieces so Glam has graciously offered, or we were asked, she was asked, and she took the took the ask to do that for us. So I think we're going to start with one of commas from uh, Game, yeah. Game of Stacks, which is a mod AU. And I'm not, I'm going to pretend like not everybody knows what that means, because I certainly didn't know what that meant in the beginning. It's a modern alternative universe. So what is that? Does anyone want to <laughs> explain uh, yeah, you take everybody from uh, A Song of Ice and Fire or Game of Thrones universe, and you pretend as if they were in a contemporary, sometimes it's Westeros-esque place, sometimes it's just like the U.S., sometimes it's more the U.K., but yeah, in the contemporary regular world, like 2015. Beautifully done. Thank you. All right, let's hear some commas. All right. Brienne paged through an ancient issue of Field and Stream, wondering why the gods were so anxious to punish her. She hated hospitals. She especially hated emergency rooms, and here she was, stuck in one at a peak time. Tired of waiting, Jamie had played the Do You Know Who I Am card. Brienne had tried to stop him, but he had persisted, and of course it backfired. He would have been better off trying to flirt with the nurse. Tyrion's phone kept vibrating. He would glance at it and then roll his eyes. The noise would stop, and then it would begin again. After the tenth time, she asked about it. Why don't you just answer? It's my father, he said, as if this explained everything. Shouldn't you take the call? No, Tyrion and Jamie cried in unison. 
Brienne turned back to the magazine. It wasn't her place to get involved in his family squabbles. If you'd met my father, you would understand, Tyrion offered. She has met him, I told you. Meeting father at a party is not the same as meeting father. Brienne looked on the end table. Her other choices were car and driver and highlights. She turned back to field and stream. Father is pretty much the same no matter where he is, Jamie pointed out. The only difference at a party is that he's got a glass of wine in his hand. I suppose that's true, Tyrion admitted. And she said she met him at your place. It was aggravating the way they spoke about her like she wasn't even in the room. Because father and I get along so well that I invite him over for drinks and introduce him to my friends. You must have misunderstood. No, I didn't. No, he didn't. Brienne agreed. Tyrion frowned. I think I would remember hanging out with you and my father. Brienne stared at him. How could you forget? It was the night we all ended up at your apartment? Well, she amended. The morning after. Tyrion was alarmed. What? He came by. Everyone was passed out at the time. She thought a bit. Oh, he did say he took my advice. Maybe he left before you woke up. Brienne? I know we're all tired, but what in the seven hells are you talking about? Jamie forgot about his right hand and put pressure on the arm of the chair to push himself up. Ow! How do you keep forgetting not to do that? Brienne asked in exasperation. You have splinters five inches long. They tried to pull some of them out of the library, but Jamie had been worse than a toddler fighting to have a band-aid removed. Jamie groaned. Brienne caught the eye of a bearded man who had been waiting an hour or so. From his conversation with the nurse at reception, she knew there had been an accident with a saw. Blood was soaking through the bandage on his hand. Stop whining, she told Jamie. Okay, I have a question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's Field and Stream? Is that like a hunting and fishing magazine? <laughs> um, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Dude, that was awesome, by the way. You yeah. did that excellently. I was like, my face hurts from grinning. That was great. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. This is what this is, this is the entire reason I'm here, apparently. Shalom. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're Dude, going after this, right? Kicking you off. Yeah, I think we have to. I think we have to thank YD. I'm pretty sure she's the one that like lured you into doing this, right? Yeah, she was just like, "Oh yeah, Glam should read it," and I'm like, "Oh, oh, okay." Dude, you did such a good job. I love that. Man, Can't wait till she gets tonight. to yours, right? <laughs> yeah, basically. Can't wait. You better do a good job. I'll do my best. <laughs> Accents, <laughs> sound effects. So what was that like, comma, for you, having someone read your stuff out loud? Was it weird? It was really weird. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It was kind of strange. But I, you read it beautifully. I mean, <laughs> I was trying not to, like, I don't know. This is one of these parts where, you know, some, well, I don't know how you, you guys feel, but sometimes I go back to my writing and I go, oh, my God, I actually put that out there and it sucks. And then I, I like, edit it compulsively. Um, but this particular chapter, um, I, I'm still really proud of all these years later. Oh, that's um, fantastic. That's fantastic. And it's from, great. Um, yeah. And game is sex. That thing's monstrous, right? Like, yeah. how many words yeah. is that? <laughs> uh, that was when I'd written like, I've written stuff for other fandoms, um, under other names. And I had written a few very short pieces, like total crack fic, um, 
for A Song of Ice and Fire. And I really didn't know what I was getting into. Um, and if I had, I don't think I would have tried to have written a novel, but I just sort of sat down and did it. And now I look back going, what was I thinking? Oh my God, that was so hard. But so you actually yeah. went into it not having any idea of where it was going. You kind of just wrote as you went. Uh, kind of. I had a loose idea. I had, I was following a couple people who had mentioned, um, how Tyrion would make a good librarian. And, and that's what I do in my real life. And someone mentioned, uh, another fic called Against the Cold, which is a, a Stannis, Davos fic where Stannis is a public librarian went found it read it and I thought oh this is great but he's public librarian not a a university one which is what I do and um, I just started kind of playing around with the notion and then I was trying to figure out who would work in this library which is how um, in this fic Brienne is a librarian Um, and Tyrion gets a job there and uh, that's how she meets Jamie after Tyrion's office furniture collapses under the weight of Jamie's hand. Uh, I love that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I really, I started writing it, and I think I'm unusual in that I usually, I don't like to put stuff out there until it's finished, mostly, or at least 90% of it's done. Like, I have to have an ending before it even, I even hit submit, because I live in fear that I'll leave something and abandon it. That's You're very wise. A good idea. <laughs> Glam. Says me, person with no finished uh, Game of Thrones <laughs> posted. Yeah, I kind of have one that's like that right now, too, where I never expected it to go beyond one chapter, and I'm dying for an ending right now. Oh, I know <laughs> what you're talking about. Can't we just, like, say the gist of it at some point and just say, I'm not going to write this, but I'll tell you everything that was going to happen. Bullet point, basically? <laughs> yeah. Like, I would be completely comfortable doing that. Uh, here's my outline. Yeah. <laughs> Go for it. This thing I really loved, and at some point, and the author was going chapter after chapter after chapter, and then just stopped. And I know how frustrating it is to keep you know, if someone keeps going, so when are you posting? When are you posting? Even though I did that to stay seated when she came into the room. But um <laughs> finally, this person said, okay, I'm working on a real novel. I'm never going to finish this, but here's the outline. And at least I knew. Yeah. You know, and I was like, okay, I can now, I can release it. I can move on. You can rest now. Yeah. See, my terrible thing is that I do actually fully intend to finish things and so I can never actually just be like I'm not going to finish this because I I know that I I will and I can't be like well I'm working on a, a real novel now because that's what I do anyway and I write fan fiction to take a break from that so I can't just be <laughs> like I'm never going to take a break again <laughs> I just got distracted by other things because I've got two pieces out which will get finished at some point, but one of them has been sitting there nearly 18 months without a final chapter. Um, and I have all intentions to go back and finish it. It's just, I get distracted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's life. Like, I, I have, like, more. eight hobbies that take up 90 hours a week. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I You're get calling it. your children a hobby, your child a hobby? <laughs> you know, she's a work in progress. You don't, you don't, isn't the she's first child always a hobby? <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, full time job, mom, the podcast, fan art, fan writing. Yeah, it's uh, it's a full plate. Yeah. Okay, let's. That was great. Let's do another one. Uh, who we got next? Stacy. Uh, Stacy. What's this one from? This is from This Is How They Love, Part One. This is how he found out that he has lost her. It came through a secure line. A series of digits, the start and stutter of word fragments, a shorthand lit up in a neonish green. His blood goes cold. He is up immediately from bed, pulling on a shirt, prosthesis getting caught in the sleeves. He slams the door shut, metal and his lack of foresight heavy against his ribs. Jamie walks into the gray, the vibrating chatter. She did not make the check-in. She turned her calm off, off grid. She's gone. She's gone. Then, they learn about the death of Bolton. Then the death of Stannis Baratheon. Then the chaos. Then it all became so clear to him, to all of them. He could hear her condemnation, even all the way from her invisible hiding place. It's a hiss of air, a sharp deflation. You promised. You promised. This is how they run. She slaps the gun into the side compartment of the truck. She leans forward, the vinyl squeaking, groaning. Hands are on the wheel, the keys, her jaw tight. She's counting down the seconds, measuring distance in her head. Years and years of experience trail out. It's a peculiar ease. They can make it in under four hours. Just four hours. Her hand grips the keys tightly. The truck roars. She can feel Sansa's shaking, Sansa's tears, Sansa's disbelief in her deep, deep grief. And Brienne wants to say, she wants to say, no, she will not think of paying penance just yet. Instead, she thinks of the last crackle of static before she went dark. And instead, she thinks before that, when decision was made. Come back, she was told. A fact about her is her intense loyalty. The complexity in loyalty is when one belief system diverges into two. To understand the ending, she has to go back to the beginning, to a promise she had made to a dead family. And God, she's too fucking late. She thinks about what she's really returning this girl to. She thinks about what her honor even amounts to and whether it will be the thing that kills her, just as everyone predicted. She presses a piece of paper and a lighter into Sansa's sticky palm. Memorize it, then burn it, she says. You will call that number when you get off the plane. Do whatever he says, okay? Your face. Brienne uses her sweat to smear Ramsay Bolton's blood and Stannis Baratheon's blood into her skin, camouflaging them like they are a sunburn. Wow. That was intense. This is like a beautiful example to me of how you've taken something that's canon and have used it and molded it into a mod AU. Like the whole, mm-hmm. that whole paragraph with Brienne and speaking about loyalty, like so well done. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Yeah. I so Stacy, is this your first work? No, it's not. No? How, how how much have you written? Um. Okay, sorry. First of all, I'm a little bit drunk right now. That's okay. <laughs> it's kind of a prerequisite, right? I'm just like, whoa, I'm having a hard time paying attention. Um, <laughs> no, this is not my first work. I, I've written a lot. Um, I was um, I was a journalist for um, a number of years. So oh. that's my training. Well, it, it shows you're very good. What I think is kind of interesting, too, is just you know, you write in the present tense, and yeah, it's so it's. And I'm gonna say it's jarring, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean it in a. It sounds like nothing else in the fandom kind of way. Uh huh. 
So it's just so immediately different, and it's like a, this immediate different fresh voice, which oh, is so cool. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that, like, Glam, I felt like you were getting emotional reading that. Like, your voice was starting to get emotional. Well, I, had, I had to go with the emotion of whatever. Yeah. You did such a good job. And that's what I felt like, because... I haven't read that. I haven't read that fic. And, um. Okay, plot dial. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and, um. We're not friends. I felt like emotional, like hearing it, you know? Like it was definitely, like, grabbed me, like, so completely. I like writing in the present tense, but I find it hard to do all the time. And I've, there's a couple other people who do it. Um, I think Sandwiches is one. Mm, do you, yeah, she does. Do you always write in the present tense? Stay seated, or yeah, do you... I was I was just about to say that I I pretty much exclusively write in the present tense. Sometimes I do flashback and um, past perfect, but it's always in the present tense. And it came about because I was um, in college. I was in a creative writing class, and my professor at the time, who you know, who ended up becoming my mentor, my writing mentor. He at the time he's like. He said never to write in the present tense because it sounds stupid or something like what? that. And I heard that and I was like, challenge accepted, motherfucker. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> That's awesome. I've been writing in the present tense ever since. I like it. It's actually really interesting what Gal was saying about like the style of your writing and versus what generally happens in this particular fandom. Because I've found that fandoms very definitely tend to have sort of a, a house style almost yeah. a lot of the time. Yeah. Where people, everybody in a particular sort of segment of a fandom, there will be a similar sort of voice that people will adopt. And that's really interesting because I've actually come from fandoms that, uh, that do lots and lots of present tense stuff. So I've done a lot of present tense stuff, but then, so it's actually really interesting to me, for me and Jamie Brienne fandom, because there was almost, there was very, very little of that. And so when Stay Seated started writing in Jamie Brienne fandom, I, it was almost like, I felt like I was coming home a little bit, because I was like, Aww. oh, hey. Aww. That's so great, Boot. That's great. But I think, you know. <laughs> You're welcome. I think Thomas too, it. and, you know, it's not necessarily the voice of the fandom, but one thing I, I want to, like, give comment. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. But one thing I want to give you kind of credit for is it's not the voice, but there are certain conventions that we probably don't even think about that we all use. So oh, like yeah. something like Pentoshi Takeout. Oh, yeah. Everyone uses that. That's yours. Or the whole idea of Waldo being a baker. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> that is yours. That. Like yeah. those, like those like conventions that everyone has sort of consciously brought into this, um, thick canon. Like some of, some of those, are actually quite a few of those all call, game of stacks, which is really is, fun. That is what we call a fanon. Yeah, the fanon is. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like little <laughs> things that I I love. I love how that evolves and how that mm-hmm. somehow becomes something we all just like. Yep, that's it. We're you know we're going with that. <laughs> it, was, it was really funny for me because I was I was a latecomer to game of stacks because I have a really great story about when I read game of stacks actually because I when I'm like looking for Jamie Brianzik. I'm like scrolling past everything that's like a huge ensemble because I'm yeah. like, I don't care about all these other people. Screenable <laughs> champion Brienne. Right? Yeah. So I had it, I had like not read that over and over and over again. And I kept saying it and I kept thinking like, oh man, I really, it sounds really interesting, them being librarians, but oh, it's a giant ensemble. Hmm. And then I was in Canada. And I was going to the wedding of a very good Blame friend of mine. Canada. And- <laughs> Sorry. 
Blame Canada. And I was going to a wedding of a very good friend of mine, and there was a group of us who were also really good friends. Um, and we were, we'd all traveled together. And we were at our hotel, and one of my friends, and we were talking about I'm Jamie Brian Fanvic because she, she loves Jamie Brian too. And this is also going back to how it's like not a secret in my universe. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, we were talking about, uh, Jamie Brian Fick and, and she was like, Oh, have you read Game of Sex? And I was like, No, because it was a giant assault. And she's like, No, read it. It's so good. Oh, so, like at the, <laughs> so we were at the hotel and we had all gone to, and I, uh, I had started reading it. And we had all gone down, like, the next night to, like, the, the hotel pool and, like, concepts and stuff. And so it ended up where I had, like, read, like, half the fic in, like, one <laughs> night. Like, we're sitting there. And so we're, like, in the pool. And we're, like, oh, my God, I remember when this part happened. Oh, like, wow. Game of sex. And it was really yeah, fun. So that that's my uh that's my fun story. And I did finish that fic before the wedding. Well, and, and it's wow. a hard one. I mean, I really think one of the... The, the two main relationships in it is Jamie and Brienne, um, but she doesn't, he doesn't show up to like chapter six or seven, and I don't think, she's not real prominent in the beginning either. Yeah, and it was, it was so funny because I was like, oh, this is gonna take a while. But you know, I've known, I've known, uh, my friend who recognized me for years and was like, God, going on ten years now, and so. You know, she's like, you should read this. It's good. You'll like it. And I believe her. So I just opened up and started reading. And like, I'm like, yeah, this is really well written. I'm enjoying this. And, and as I sort of go and I keep going and Jamie and Brian haven't really been there yet. And I'm like really enjoying this. So I'm like, why am I caring about like Stannis? And- <laughs> right? <laughs> like, drove a stake into her heart right there with that. No, no, but no, 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 that's a compliment, though. The calm made me care about, like, Stannis, and I had never cared about Stannis in my entire life. <laughs> the calm has calm, got a, a real talent for doing calm that. Calm made because... me care about Stannis. Calm <laughs> made me ship Stannis Davos, and I'm just like, oh, thanks a lot. <laughs> no, she does have a talent for that, because, like, I've read her Roos and Walda fix. I'm like, why the fuck do I care about Roos and Walda? Roos and Walda, too. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting, you're... You're bringing up something that I guess I was very naive to when I got into the fan. I mean, the only reason I ended up on Tumblr was because there were all these great Charles Dance picks. Um, <laughs> and enough. I created an account when I figured out it would be easier for me to find stuff that way. And um <laughs> I kind of stumbled. I was watching the show and reading the books, and I kind of stumbled into to fanfic because I was desperate to read anything with Tywin. And I didn't really... I was on the fringes and I followed all these different, like now I know they're in different corners of fandom, but it, it never occurred to me that people were so selective when they pick stuff to read. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, definitely. like I have good friends who they'll only read my Stannis stuff or they'll only read my Roos and Walda stuff. Okay, I mean, well, they're not really friends then. <laughs> no, but I mean, I get it now, but at the time I was like, what is this? OTP everyone keeps talking about. In <laughs> That's one true pairing for people who don't know. <laughs> I didn't get any of it. And I, I think it's really easy to forget that to a lot of people, those terms are meaningless. Oh, it is. That is so true. It's super easy for me because I'm just sitting here like, oh, that's so cute. Because like, yeah. I've been in fandom forever. So, so like all of it is completely old hat to me and just rolls off the tongue and it's all just 
normal stuff for me. And yeah, yeah it, it it's so easy to completely forget that people will have no idea what you're talking about. They'll have no idea how fandoms will segment themselves or like how they'll sort of start to divide, you know, thick up or about how different places will have different kinds of thick and, and some will think different qualities and it's just, it's a lot of stuff. Yeah. I mean, it comes down to, I mean, it's kind of a shame because a good story is a good story regardless of, you know, you should be able to, I mean, it sounds going to sound kind of jerky, but, you know, you should be able to enjoy a story if it's well written, even if it's not your favorite pairing. But yeah, I feel like people don't necessarily um, they won't read something that if it's that that their pairing's not in, you miss out on a lot of stuff. And Kama is really good, frankly, about reading fic outside of um, you know particular slivers of fandom. Uh, so I think I, you find a lot. Yeah, I'm perfect. I'm totally guilty. I don't read anything outside of Jamie and Brian. Yeah, I, I mean, but I'm really busy, so you know I don't have a lot. <laughs> I get it. I mean, I'm I'm older than the typical Tumblrite, the typical. Game of Thrones fan, and I get it. You have a limited number of years on this earth. Why waste them <laughs> reading stuff you're not going to enjoy? Yeah, wow. yeah. Me, that's picture. sort of a fatalistic view, but it's true. I don't have time yeah. to waste on bad movies anymore. Right, yeah, but I'm, I mean, it, it's not a bad fic. It's a, you know, it's a fic. Yeah, but I mean, I get that. Want. I mean, I've come to yeah. peace terms with it. It was just kind of weird for me to discover that suddenly. You know, there'd be people going, oh, I, I don't read that because I don't like these. I don't know. It was, I think I discovered I was sort of different yeah. in some respects than other people. And it was sort of jarring because I just assumed everybody, you know, read widely. And I was like, oh, no, 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 that's not how this works. Not at all. <laughs> For the most I mean, part. To be honest, like, I, you know, as you know, my favorite story of yours is a Rick and Shireen story. Oh, yeah. The Old Gods Demand It. Highly recommend. Um, uh, and I mean, The Night's Queen is magnificent. And I don't mean to embarrass you, but I mean, I've read that fic multiple times. I've read it on planes where there's points where I'm sitting on a plane crying about oh the fic that I've read the second time, you know? God knows there's no... Jan- well, there is sort of background. <laughs> Very briefly, blinking. Because I demanded it. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think it's a thing... It's it's different from fandom to fandom. I know for me there are some fandoms where I will just read everything. But people in fandom, I mean people come into fandom because they they have, you know, an intense interest in something. And even if it's like the whole canon, they still have an intense interest in this thing and so they're gonna seek out stuff about it. And if someone's interest is much more focused, then you know, it's not really gonna matter like how good a piece of fiction it is because yeah. if they don't care about what the fiction is asking them to care about or if they particularly not even say don't care about it if they are resistant to caring about it like they are not really gonna enjoy the fic ultimately because they don't want to care about this and they want to be reading about something else and fandom can be really really intense about its preferences and I feel like we, you know, yeah. fanfic needs like maybe we need like sexy covers to entice <laughs> into something they wouldn't normally pick. You know, like hey, judge this. Uh, I guess I could commission out. Go <laughs> 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 on some porn covers. <laughs> uh, okay, let's go on oh, to. No, I'm no, I'm not. I'm just for the record, I'm not going to draw that. <laughs> that's, that's like my that's my motto, my logo. 
All right. Uh, let's go on the next one. Is mine. Um, go ahead, Glam. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, this is from A Call to Arms, No Hard Feelings. In the midst of his pondering, he heard the humming of an unmistakable voice. Jamie felt a small amount of pleasure with his change in fortune. It was late into the evening hours, and Blunt was returning from his nightly jaunt to the taverns and whorehouses. Jamie never cared who among his brothers sullied themselves by fornicating with painted women. It would have been hypocritical given his once regular visits with Cersei. The night alone, the night was alone, and as he rounded the corner, he did not notice Jamie sitting against a pillared balcony. Jamie cleared his throat and grinned at the man. Blunt jumped, seeming to be startled. Jamie enjoyed a brief, brief flicker of panic in Blunt's eyes. Blunt's fear was brief and disappeared as quickly as it had come. The look of relief that settled upon his expression was an insult. The man did not believe Jamie to be much of a threat. Enjoyable evening, Blunt? Blunt grinned drunkenly. My dick is wet and I have a gut full of ale. Can't complain. Jamie allowed a corner of his mouth to twitch. Hey, about the spoon. It was only a joke. No hard feelings. Blunt reached his right hand out as a peace offering. Oh, right. He wiped his left hand on his features and offered it instead. Jamie extended his hand. But leaned in closer to speak, a puff of stale beer exhaled on Jamie's cheek. If you want to come down one of these nights, there are some real lovelies. New girls brought in from the East. man like you, married to that woman you had, could probably use something pretty to shove. Jamie didn't let the man finish. He gripped Blunt's hand and swiftly delivered the silver spoon to his left eye. Jamie pulled it free from the socket and the tendril of gore spewed forth. Blunt screamed. His free hand trembled at the wound. Jamie silenced him, delivering a quick punch to the knight's throat. That was for your gift, and this is for insulting my wife. Jamie grabbed at Blunt's fat, sweaty neck, pushing him towards the edge of the balcony. He bent his knees and braced himself as he lifted Blunt over the edge. His arms flailed as Jamie, Jamie uselessly, and the damage to his throat had rendered his scream silent. He fell head first, a dull, smacking thud onto rough stone below. Pulling a cloth from inside his armor, Jamie wiped his utensil clean and continued his stroll toward the Queen's dining hall to complete his duties for the evening. Ice cold, man. <laughs> so I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but I like gore. <laughs> you may have heard that, perhaps. Very you know, beautiful. What oh. I love about your writing Thank lot you. is like I have the worst time with description. Like it drives me crazy. Part of the reason I write fanfic is so that I don't have to mess around telling you that Jamie's eyes are green. I don't care. <laughs> um but, and in fact, I remember one of the comments from my beta is like, you never describe anyone or anything. You got to add in more senses. She didn't say it with that much emphasis, but that's how it felt. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, oh, damn it. All right. I'll go in and say things like that. But I have a really hard time with it. And you're writing. I always get such a, a beautifully, it's probably because you're an artist too, but a visual artist, I should say, but. I always have such a sense of um, place when I read your stuff. Like, I can picture what's going on really vividly. Oh, good. That that makes me happy. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I also, I, I would like to note, I have no idea how to pronounce blunt, blunt I, but I went with blunt, and I just like, I, well, that's what I said, so I'm just going to stick with it. <laughs> with it. The Boris Blount fat or Blunt fandom is going to be after you, Glam. They are. <laughs> I don't think I don't think they exist, and if they do, who's like that? <laughs> I'm like, that. 
five There's really always somebody. people. Always somebody. <laughs> so I, I'm the only one who submitted a canon piece. <laughs> Just pointing <laughs> that out. <laughs> What's up with that? <laughs> Show off. Well, Think you're special. You're very special. Hmm? I find it. I don't know. I you're one of the. I don't read a ton of canon. I find it very difficult to read. Um, and I find it incredibly hard to write. Um, but I always, like I said, I, I think I started reading, um, the first of your trilogy and I just kept going because your plotting was so good. And I was always like, I had no idea what to expect. And it would just keep, keep me, you know, gripped to the page. But I think. It's it's also interesting to see the your progression as a writer, and oh, I, I notice this with a lot of people who keep on plugging away. You know, I can see how you've grown. You know where your your strengths, are. and like I said, the visual picture you paint is amazing. Yeah, um, I, nobody nobody go and read the early stuff. I'm just putting that up. Oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, just I just I don't know about you guys, but I just cringe and die a little inside at the thought of anyone reading your early shit <laughs> we we've all had that we've all had that i mean at this point like you know i think most of us were all on like ao3 at this point and you know i have been posting fanfic i started on like fanfiction.net and like oh i have you thousand or something i have you so um, beat. i remember zines oh my god Mimeograph Zoom. Somewhere me out there I... in someone's basement is my Robotech fanfic. Oh my god. <laughs> you have me beat. You have me beat. But yeah. Uh, like, the great thing about like everybody being on AO3 now and AO3 basically being a baby archive at this point is that I got to like carefully curate everything of mine that's on AO3. So it's all stuff that, you know, I, I don't mind if people read it. Like things that you know, <laughs> perhaps embarrassing. They are lost to the wilds of many other websites and like live journal. And I don't know, man. I found an old Angel Fire page <laughs> the other night. <laughs> There's some poetry on there. Oh, it's not pretty. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Oh, um, your is forever, guys. Oh, there was poetry. There was poetry. There's always poetry. There is some, some like Lord of the Rings poetry floating around that I wrote many years ago. I know it's still out there, but I like to pretend it's not. That is amazing. Two challenges in a night now. (laughs) (laughs) You'll never find it. This is why I'm so happy I did not have the internet when I was a teenager. (laughs) I I didn't either, but like I said, she managed. In some basement. In- <laughs> yeah, going back to that, so Team Rick and Lisa, right? You better be. It better be. Yeah, it was. It was, um, oh, and I liked, I think it was Roy. I think I wrote Roy fanfic too. Okay, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> I like that a lot. I had to check that it was Rick Lisa. Cause yeah. Because, yeah, that could be the end of a friendship if it was Min May and Rick. Fuck that noise. <laughs> All right, let's uh, oh. let's go into Coralie's. Oh God, <laughs> I'm just gonna go and hide. I don't want to. <laughs> we didn't answer your question about how you were the only one who submitted a canon piece, and everything else is ears. Be personally, just to put this out there, 
It depends on the fan. I mean, I love AUs. I, I, I have often joked that I have a PhD in AUology. <laughs> I have so many AUs for, I will AU anything, just anything. I will AU it in some ridiculous way. But I think especially for something like, uh, Song of Ice and Fire, is that everyone's always so miserable and sad and dies yes. the canon that I'm yeah. like, no, no, I just want to, you know, take them and plop them down somewhere and give them some absurd, like, rom-com situation to deal with where nobody dies. I can definitely see the appeal. Like, when you put it into those words, I I, I get it now. Why didn't you tell it to me like that before, comma? <laughs> I've always been so anti-mod you. I don't know. I think they're fun. I like, I, I really like writing them and I prefer reading them. And you're one of the few I make an exception for to go and read canon. Um, I don't know. They're, fu- I mean, and then like, I think the other thing is, is people go, Oh my God, why would you put them in a malt shop? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like a small child where I'm like, why oh, wouldn't it, you? There has to be a way to make that work. Let's figure out what that is, you know? I mean, look, uh, I, I, my only, like, post-it Jamie Brienne fic is, like, a Regency AU, where Brienne is a debutante having a season, okay? So, awesome. <laughs> there is no situation where I will not be like, yeah, yeah, sure, why not? I mean, there's something somewhere, but, you know, inappropriate things, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do, uh, Carly's, yeah. yeah. This is from Boys and Buses. You can hide now, Carly. Brian made sure he saw the roll of her eyes, wanting to correct him but stopping herself just in time as she wondered if giving a stranger her name was in her best interest. And what's that supposed to mean, other than confirming that you're a pretentious, self-important pretty boy? Thank you. He didn't miss a beat, playfully narrowing his eyes until only a glinting spark of wildfire remained as he slowly ran his fingers through the awkwardly must-tangle of his mane. I'll be sure to tell my father that his platitudes are being so well-received the next time I see him. I doubt he's ever had such a stubborn, giant beast of a woman to call him out like that before, even if she does have astonishing eyes. He grinned, and Brienne bristled in the moment of silence that followed. As the bus slid around an unexpectedly icy corner and momentum pushed her flesh against him, shoulder to hip, hip to knee, she blushed angrily all over again, feeling forced to clench her fists as her hand brushed the toned muscles in his thigh, threatening to land in his lap. Usually you'd have to buy me a couple of drinks before we get to that point, he joked. The bus jerking back the other way, an arm wrapping around her thick waist to stop her from falling off the seat as his bag hit the floor and the contents scattered. Or at least give me your name. She considered that as the driver persuaded them back onto the original path, another lurch forward causing her to forget the need for propriety and take hold of the seat in front of her, while the man at her side swore under his breath as her blunt fingernails dug into his skin, just as she was pulled tighter against him. I should have stayed in bed this morning, she mumbled to herself, listening to him chuckle as a genuine smile flashed like a shooting star across his face. I really must have made an impression if you're thinking about going back to bed already, he volleyed in return. Though, as he awkwardly retrieved his arm from where he'd been holding her and beamed again, it almost felt more like an involuntary joke, rather than any real attempt to burrow further under her burning skin. I'm, I'm Brienne, she offered before he could finish, swallowing hard as she extended her right hand like he was just another potential exhibitor and not someone she'd practically been on top of only a moment ago. And I'm sorry. Jamie. 
He squeezed her fingers as he took her hand, and they were colder than they should be, considering he'd been out of the elements for longer. Under the sleeves of her coat, Brienne could feel goosebumps beginning to prickle. The recent memory of his hand gripping her waist sending another shiver along her skin as her thoughts wandered into scenarios that involved the need or want for Jamie's touch elsewhere. Ooh. Dude, props <laughs> for Corley for picking that answer. That was fucking sexy. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> I had to take my headphones off because I couldn't listen to it. <laughs> It's so good, so though. Fucking I... awesome. Uh, get all saucy up here. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> I always think of Coralie, and, and Rose Hart, too, I think is another one that does it, is, you know, when you write, it's so hard, you know, because you compare yourself to people that are better than you, basically. And it's, you know, there's always going to be someone who's better, you know, there's always someone who's better than you, basically. And I always think in my head, well, we all have different styles, you know, we have different it's styles. Different. Yeah. And you, like, Coralie, you write with, it's so rich. Your descriptions and your writing is extreme, is extremely rich and it's so different. Um, it's just so different from anything I do that it's like we're, we're writing in different languages. And so I yeah. really, I really appreciate it. It's so easy to, uh, just kind of get swept, you know, get swept away in it a little bit. There's, I love just, that. I love that there's so many different styles in the fandom, really. I know, it's like hers and, and, and Rose Hearts as well as I said. It's just so yeah. thick with feeling. Yep. Like, I, I can't do that very well. I have to force myself to try yeah. to evoke these emotions as I'm going. Because <laughs> I'm yeah. a robot. I'm an emotional robot, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead fair. inside. So. You just want to fight about, you, you just want to write about, like, people getting their eyes. <laughs> Children thrown over balconies. That stuff comes Children easy. Being murdered, you know, <laughs> the good stuff. The good stuff. And I just want to write about them having to do their taxes at H and R Block or something. <laughs> but no, it's so rich, Coralie. It's so good. Thank you. I mean, that's toned down, considering how you don't want to see first drafts. I mean, you've mentioned Roseheart, and we do work. Uh, Roseheart's my uh, beta reader, and I I read her stuff before she posts it, and the amount of stuff she has to tone down for me. I mean, I I have 50-word sentences sometimes um, because <laughs> I want to put put so much into it. You know what you do? Some of it's not necessary. You know what you do? Just throw some commas in there. <laughs> no! <laughs> Sorry, commas my beta, so she's constantly... God, it's like... That's a whole other show. <laughs> Lot, Lot likes to make comma splices, and I like to think it's because she loves my name so much. <laughs> That's probably it. That must probably be it. it. So how long have you been writing, Coralie? Um, officially for fandom, coming up two and a half years. Just scary to think about. But I did Harry Potter stuff beforehand, which doesn't exist because I never posted it. But oh. I wrote for... My sister and my friend, I wrote little um, modern ficlets with uh, Bellatrix Lestrange, um, which I still have, but they're awful. <laughs> but they were written to entertain people who wanted who wanted oh my, that. Oh, my um, God. You just... Oh, I'm sorry. You just jogged my memory. I, 
I, I've written fan fiction in high school, now that I think about it. Yeah, we all have, probably. But you, you know what it was? I didn't want to do my computer test, so I would write these, like, fan fictions with, like, um, David Duchovny and a friend. Like, I would basically take their main crush and write them into a story with it, and then they would, uh, this was in computer class, would do my computer test for me. <laughs> oh my god, you asshole. <laughs> Like original character fiction. That is oh, an entire genre of stuff. Like that's an entire genre of fit. And I did better on my exams. I got a higher grade than they did in the end. I am an asshole. I'm sorry, Coralie. It's okay, that's funny. I completely uh, lost track of what I was saying. I'm so sorry. You, you it's said three you write ticklets for friends with them in them. No, they weren't in them. Oh, okay. <laughs> what kind of freak does that, no, right? That was hot. Yeah, you were writing about Bellatrix Lestrange. Yeah, I was just yeah, I, I posted. They, I think they still exist somewhere in my email. But, um, yeah, I think that's when I actually started putting it down. Um, but I've been writing about ever, pretty much. <laughs> ah, that's great. All right, uh, let's do Giles. Okay, this is from I Love You But Goodbye, Chapter 29. Mercifully, Brynn was saved from response by the ting of an actual dinner bell. Tywin motioned her toward the formal dining room where she found her seat next to Jamie. Brynn was pleasantly surprised to find that, instead of being served by a staff, Marcella and Tommen brought the food to the table from the kitchen. After an almost imperceptible nod from his father, Jamie started passing the dishes around the table. Once their plates were full, Tywin cleared his throat as if to say something, but then just looked around the room and, with a heavy sigh, started to eat. Marcella finally broke the uncomfortable silence. I'd like to make an announcement, she said. I got accepted to the University of Wisconsin. As she beamed at their congratulations, Tyrion stood up. As long as we're sharing good news, he said. Tysha and I are engaged. Cersei laughed, and Brienne swore she heard Jamie's father practically growl at the news. Now's our chance, Jamie whispered to her before he too stood up. I'm taking a leave of absence and traveling around the world with Brienne. <laughs> Tywin clenched his fist around his knife and was about to speak when Cersei added her own revelation. I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> I'm sorry. There was a moment of hushed silence, but then Tommen shifted in his seat next to Brienne. Sir Pounce got into the beef wellington. <laughs> under his breath. Brienne dropped her fork on her plate and sat quietly as the Lannisters shouted at each other. She caught Tysha's eye and the nurse just shook her head. There was a smile on her face. They'd both been warned about the Lannisters and the family had lived up to their reputation spectacularly. Silence, Tywin ordered, immediately bringing the room to order. Let me get this straight. My granddaughter was accepted to one of the finest universities in the world. Nicely done, Marcella. The girl smiled proudly as Tywin went on. My younger son has decided to marry some woman he barely knows. Tyrion, I expect you to work with Kevin and use that law degrees of yours to draw up an acceptable prenuptial agreement. Before Tyrion could protest, Tywin moved on to Jamie. My elder son is going around the world to, I don't know, find himself. He's 40 years old. <laughs> if he found himself by now, perhaps he's not looking hard enough. In any case, Jamie, you will meet me, meet with me the next week. To go over your itinerary, you will be sure to include visits to several of Cassidy's international offices. Yes, father, Jamie mumbled quietly. My daughter, 
Tywin continued, has a drinking problem. Cersei, I believe your aunt Darlessa can direct you to an excellent treatment facility. Cersei nodded as she conspicuously took a sip, of, sip from her glass of water. Finally, Tommen, you will keep that cat out of the kitchen or you will find it a new home. Do you understand? Yes, Grandfather, Tommen said quietly, sinking even further into his seat. Now, is there anything else anyone would like to say? After a moment of silence, Tywin rose from his seat. I'm going to choose a nice red wine and join Roz in the kitchen. She's going to make two of us some prime rib and then accompany me to my bedroom for the remainder of the evening. I'll see you all in the morning. In the meantime, perhaps you can order a pizza. I knew it, Jamie hissed as his father swept from the room. Best Christmas ever. (laughs) (laughs) Guile, your sense of humor just comes shining through in your writing. (laughs) Absolutely love that. I'm so mad at you for making me read that because you know how hard it was not to laugh. Oh, thank you. We failed. Chapter. I love that whole thing, though. So you always. I love the other Lannisters. I, you know, I like the whole the main core: Jamie, Tyrion, Cersei, Tywin. But I just love all these little references to other people. I don't know. You know me. I love the Lannister family dynamic, and you always capture it beautifully. This, to me, I wanted to create that, you know, like the old school soap opera when they have like the family dinner that would turn into a disaster <laughs> and kind of be like a farce. So that's what I was going for. <laughs> I love uh, Tywin in this this whole scene, too. It, I, I even say scene because that's how it did play out for me. It felt like I was watching a, like you said, a soap opera or a sitcom or yeah. something. Yeah, it's meant to be really silly and soap opera-ish. The it's Sir Pounce. Good fic. <laughs> the Sir Pounce got into the beef Wellington. <laughs> this is where it gets into like the how much of your own life is in a is in a fic though because when I you know I went to the University of Wisconsin so I got to plug that. Um, I was planning on making some kind of beef Wellington for Christmas so I kept yeah. looking at beef Wellington recipes. <laughs> so that's why Sir Pounce was getting into beef Wellington and yeah there's. You know, there's a ton of little things like that, which I think we probably all do, where there's like Mm -hmm. just, it might not be something big about your life, but there's little things about your life or little things that you care about that are transferred to the characters. Definitely in the mod AU, yeah. (laughs) But not so much in canon. Not so much in canon. (laughs) Very difficult in canon. That is a point. The time I had gout, yeah, I wrote that in there. (laughs) (laughs) My bout with dysentery. (laughs) The only thing I can write about in canon is the horses. That's that's where my um Oh she's in the horses. My thing stops. Now we know who to go to with our horse questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. We got Eon for sword fighting and now Coralie for horses. <laughs> I got about five people for guns. <laughs> Come I'll... to me and I'll hook you up. <laughs> I know nothing about them, and I wrote a, not a Jamie and Brand fic, but I just remember like freaking out and being directed by my beta to like guns and ammo video and watching all this crap going. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a really. I mean, I don't know if that's on the question. If there's anything like that on the question list, but what's the weirdest thing that you've ended up researching for a fic? Oh, that is such a good question. Let's address that now. Like, right oh. now, like I said, guns. That is so. I don't know anyone who even. Well, maybe I do, and I don't know it. But no one in my like immediate circle of 
friends or relatives, I mean, at least admits to owning one or knowing any, and I knew nothing about it. And oh my it God, was just, where do you live? I live in, I'm not going to say where I live because okay. that will pinpoint yeah, yeah, anyone I will, who's I will listening stalk to you me, and I'll but, find you, don't worry. <laughs> but like, you know, it's a fairly liberal town I live in uh, and, it, you know, it's a fairly regulated state and I live in the city. We don't. I know a lot of people with guns. Just saying. If I had known you at the time, I would have hit you up to find out what Bruce Bolton would like to shoot with. (laughs) That's my thing. Obviously, it's semi-automatic. Don't worry. (laughs) I think uh, my weirdest thing that I've ever had to research was, like, how long people generally starve before they turn to cannibalism. (laughs) (laughs) That's not surprising at all. (laughs) <laughs> what? That's not fairly common research. <laughs> I I don't really want to say because it's um yeah. <laughs> Come on, I just was odd. Ad- I just ad- admit it to like researching cannibalism. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, it was a smut thing, so that's as far as I'm going. Yeah. A what? what? A smut. 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 Oh. <laughs> One of the best, and I I think I lost it with this computer when I switched over, but one of the best resources I had was um, for smut things, especially when I started, because my smut tends to be weird. Um, but, like, it was like someone took those artist model dolls, you know, the you know the ones that... Yeah. You know what I mean by an artist yeah, model yeah. doll, right? It's not, like, anatomically correct or anything. It's just the yeah. little wooden thing. And they, like, positioned these dolls into, like, various... You know, positions, but it was like, so it wasn't like looking at porn on your computer, so you didn't have to worry about, you know, getting your computer infected with viruses, but it was very helpful going, you know what, I cannot write um, four people in bed together, I just can't, I can't figure that out. I mean, it was very useful to kind of figure (laughs) out where all the body parts should go. I'm gonna, like, um, send you some internet links later, comma, (laughs) (laughs) that shit's all over the place. (laughs) Well, I didn't... The other thing is, it's like, you know, especially if anyone else is on your computer, do you want them seeing all the shit you're looking at? You know? Isn't that what? I I thought your crochet dolls were for that. (laughs) (laughs) This was before I had all of them. Okay. Anyone else have a freaky research share? I haven't really done anything freaky, but. I feel like I have to look, like I've looked up, you know, real estate, like gotten way too involved in like imaginary houses that people will live in. <laughs> all things like that. Various restaurant menus for places people might have gone to eat, you know, things like that. I know I've done, I've done one where it's like I had to figure out the distance of sailing and there's this really good um, map website where you can click and drag and it'll tell you how many miles or kilometers. I can't remember what it's in. So using the Westeros and Essos maps, I've actually calculated, you know, Columbus's journey took him how long to try to figure out the timing of the story and this, how long the ship would be sailing for to reach this point and that um, point. Yeah, there's that good, um, there's that good Google Doc too with the various distances between mm-hmm. places in Westeros that's helpful for canon too. Yeah. There's like also, oh, sorry. sorry, there's also a website and I can't remember what it's called, but it's, um, it's one of those travel websites that tells you how far, how long it would take to travel between different places. I looked it up for something that I'm writing. 
mm-hmm. half writing anyway. And it tells you the distance between like White Harbor and Winterfell, so it would take like three days by yep. yeah. wh- whatever the the thing is. And then you do it by like how how long can a horse travel, like mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or a boat, depending if you on how ride they're a going. Mod AU, you figure out how long a bus distance from you know Rosby to whatever you know a bus ride would be. Mm-hmm. And then That's you just like, switch it to fit your story. Yeah. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> That's great. All right. So um, let's go on to some questions. Like, we've got a lot in. So I just want to thank everybody that sent them in. Because, um, I was kind of amazed by the response we got. Um, but the first question, before we get to all you good people, we're going to get to my question first. <laughs> Which is, why did you guys start writing fan fiction in the first place? Coralie, we'll start with you. What got you going? Um, I can't remember. <laughs> to be honest, it was so long ago. I think I just had things in my head that I wanted to to put down to get out of my head, basically. Um, that's and that's enough. that's where it started. Oh, good. How about you, stay seated? Sorry, I had to unmute myself. <laughs> Um, I think I started. Actually, I also like many of you. I guess I started in the Harry Potter fandom. And um, if you know anything about that fandom, it's very allegorical. And so a lot of the stuff that um, is in that fandom has to do with um, race and kind of blood. And that really spoke to me because I am uh, on the child of immigrants. And kind of when I was growing up, there, was a lot, there wasn't a lot of stories that kind of spoke to my experience or um, kind of, you know, what I was interested in. So I would read stories... Um, I read fan fiction before I started writing it, and I would read stories um, that kind of dealt with these things, and um, the way that people would write about them just kind of wasn't really something that I thought was comprehensive enough. And so I ended up writing um, fanfic because I was basically just hate writing things. I was just like, I just worked myself into rage, and I was like, oh, well, you didn't get this right at all. You know, you just don't overcome differences just by talking about it. You know, it's, just, it's not as simple as kind of like, oh, I so realized like, I was like, you know, discriminating against you and I was prejudiced. I realized the error of my ways. Let me fix that. You know um, nothing, J.K. Rowling. No, no, no. It was a, no, she knows a lot. She knows, she knows it was really, um, yeah, it was with the fanfic writer. So I was just response to that, kind of the oversimplification of, you know, these dynamics. And so I started writing fiction just kind of from, like, an angry place. And I was just like, fuck, I'll show you. This is how you do it. And that's how it started. And kind of that's how I've been operating ever since. It always comes from kind of, like, this emotional place. Wow. Cool. Spite is a great motivator. It really is. It really is. <laughs> and, Kama, we know you got into it because you just want to write some Rick and Lisa smut from Robotech, right? <laughs> yeah, I would say that was probably one of my rare... I mean, the JB stuff aside, I really have had a lifelong interest in secondary and tertiary characters. You know, those obscure people that get, like, one scene, and I've always liked, well, I want to see more of those people. Who the hell cares about the hero, you know? And Mm. I think a lot of the things I've written have been about those other kinds of characters. So, but you, Kyle? I think I always just wrote little stories when I was a kid about, like, whatever, like stupid shit. And then, um, you know, my sister actually wrote fan fiction for the soap opera Guiding Light. 
And she was idiotic enough to, like, show them to me, which if you ever want to have your brain, like, scarred for life, <laughs> to have your, you know, your sister who's 15 years older than you, like, read her smut. <laughs> like, like your, it's basically like your mother figure in a way, like, oh. But, you know, it was kind of fun because I was, I actually was a character. I was an original character in her Guy Night fanfic. Um, I ended up hooking up with Al Michael. Um, nice. Like, so it was alluded to at the end. Obviously, there was no, like... E-rated scene, which would have been super disturbing. <laughs> I was gonna say, did you help her pass any kind of exams or anything? <laughs> All right, how about you, Glam? Oh, uh, um, I have to answer the questions. Okay, um, no, <laughs> yeah, I, I started writing fanfic because I would write stories, and um, I started writing fanfic before I even understood that's what I was writing, basically. And then, you know, a little while later, I, I would, uh, I discovered it on the internet and then saw it and read it. And I was like, yeah, I'll write some too. That's pretty yeah. much it. I didn't even know what the hell it was until like two years ago, maybe a little more now. <laughs> I was like so new to it. But I remember I finished reading the Song of Ice and Fire series and I was like, oh my God, this is not how this is not how it ends. Like, there's got to be more out there. What are the rumors? What's happening next? So I would go on to, like, different websites, and I think I went on Reddit quite a bit, and then somehow, like, looking through all that stuff, I stumbled upon fan fiction, and I was just like, oh, I, I start reading it. It was actually Reelie's. We're supposed to have Reelie on this episode, and I apologize. That was my fuck-up. She's not on this one. We'll get her on the next one if we do it, for sure. But I read her fiction, and it was just like, I, I kind of got hooked reading that so that's the covering sky as if I, I doubt anybody outside of fandom doesn't know what that one is but uh it's kind of the juggernaut of jamie and brianne fan fiction so that's what i that's what um kind of inspired me to start was was that particular fiction too yeah all right let's go on to other people's questions uh this is an anon and it says hey ladies generally i don't read fan fiction but Due to the lack of any JB dynamics, I consider starting this. What are your personal favorites, and what would you recommend to a starter? So, I think I just answered. You should probably read Reelys. <laughs> I, I second a, that. That was yeah, that's, that's excellent. Yeah, that's all I have to say. Yeah, it's just so read so- everything by everybody on here except me. Oh, <laughs> dude, why'd you have to make it sad? I didn't make it sad. Your stuff is great. You're so amazing. Stop it. It's, uh, that wasn't like me, like, crapping on myself. It's just not finished yet. Like, don't, don't skip your (laughs) You finish it then. I'm gonna, look, hey, I didn't come here for this, alright? I'm gonna have a good time. (laughs) I think to that, I find it hard to, the thing is, is it's like, I kinda need, to recommend things it's like because like we were saying you know some people don't read canon some read people read nothing but canon it's hard to to know where to send people you know yeah like, i want more information yeah. like do you want canon do you want modern do you want something you know do you want a do you want flex do you want money right. do, you want do you want angst yeah. what tone do you want like give me some parameters and i can filter it down to a recommendation but i mean in general i mean there's some like i love you know i love Sigil Broken stuff. I mean, any any of those three, any of her three long fix, you're going to be happy with. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, there's a ton of other really, really great fix. And yeah, you, you know, 
It depends on what you're after, doesn't it? Right, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I find, too, that it's kind of when, if there was actual show or book Jamie and Brienne content, I would be happy having, like, the dessert AU fix for the most part. Like, oh, I'm happy reading that. But since there hasn't been, I want something meatier. Mm -hmm. Um, So it kind of depends, like, what we're getting in canon, I feel like, too. Yeah, see, I'm just so you because, you know, I read the the books long ago when they first, like, came out. So you've been waiting 11 years. So I've been waiting forever already. So I'm just used to it. I'm used to the eternal wait. I've just accepted that I will always be waiting. So I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> just just hit me up with the, with that like restaurant AU. I don't care. And you know, I think what I did when I I started looking for for Tywin fix of all things, and it led me into some scary shit. Let me tell you, but <laughs> you you pretty much quickly realize, and I mean, the scarring does eventually go away. Um. <laughs> But, you know, I just kind of jumped in and, and I'd read a little bit and I'm like, yeah, okay, this is good. I'll see where it's going or, oh, God, no. Or, oh, yes, this is great. And I think, you know, just go into AO3, get to the Jamie and Brienne tag and, you know, try a few things out. And then gradually you'll figure out if you like Mod AU, if that's what you want to read or if you want to read Canon Compliant. You can filter Storm of Swords yeah. and yeah. their tags to help tags. you do that. Or can filter, filter complete comments. if you yeah. want a complete yeah. story. Yeah, do that. Or filter by comments and kudos, um, you know, descending order to get an idea of, you know, assuming something that was pretty popular might be good. But yeah, just sort of do a little sampling and, you know, it doesn't mean you gotta sit down and read, you know, 150,000 Thick, you just read a little bit and go, yeah, that's not for me, or yes. Yeah, and well, here's the thing, and if you do, would you fucking comment? Okay. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, there. yeah, a little bit. Uh, well, I just had one person go through like three multi-chaptered fix, easily like a hundred and fifty plus chapters. No comment, <laughs> just three kudos. It's like, what is this? Anyway, all right. <laughs> I guess next question, uh, what is your favorite thing about writing fan fiction? We've kind of covered a lot of that. Does anybody want to add anything? Yeah, I want to say that I'm into it for the fame and the money. <laughs> <laughs> I do it to piss George off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I would say, because this is something that I have a lot of opinions on, just because I, I, I'm in a position where I'm often exposed to, like, conversations about like fanfic writing versus original writing and that sort of thing and for me my favorite thing about writing fanfic is that fanfiction is a conversation like you are doing this to engage with the source material but more than anything else when you write fanfiction you're usually doing it to engage with other fans in the sense that what you're writing about, how you arrive at a particular thing to write about, it's all going to be influenced by your experience with other fans and the kind of things that you talk about or seeing people talk about or, you know, theorize about and that sort of thing. And or dynamics and relationships that people sort of have gotten into or ones that you maybe disagree with and if you are powered by spite, like... Stacy, also myself. Thank you. Thank you too. Shout out. Me too. Shout out for spite. Yep. Spite. Shout out for hate. 
Yeah. Um. So yeah, that for me, yeah, it's it's the fact that it's a communal, very communal thing. That's that's what gets you hooked for sure. Like for me, starting out, I had no idea. Like I think the first couple I chapters I published, there was like I think there was one where I got zero comments. Like if I posted a chapter today and got zero comments, be like, what? Yeah, you like fuck this shit? I'd be a sobbing mess in the corner. But in the beginning, I had no clue. But then once you start getting those that feedback, it's almost like a drug. <laughs> Give yeah. you more. Uh, I've got less like that at the beginning. I was really, really, you know, if I didn't get anything from what I was posting, I was really sad. But now I think I've kind of got to a point where people read what they want to read. And if they're not reading it, then that's fine. You're at a higher state of consciousness <laughs> than me. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not so there yet. yet. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I used to I used to care. I haven't cared for a long time. I like I I just yeah I don't I just don't care. Like it's it's fun if people like you know comment and kudos and stuff like that. But I also kind of don't care. <laughs> One thing about the tape. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, come I was gonna on. Say, I get it. I mean, like I have I have a couple of short pieces that I honestly think are probably some of the best things I've ever written. And they've gotten very little because they're not popular pairings or they're not pairings at all. You know, writing oh, yeah, write, that's... That, that happens or they're just a little bit out there. But and part of me is a little bitter that they don't get much in the way of attention. Mm-hmm. And God knows they're not those aren't E-rated at all. But um at the same time, there's part of me going. Oh my god, what is wrong with you? I know it's getting hits, just tell me. You know, why can't you come, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I think I'm not we all at the quarterly glam point yet. I aim yeah. to be there. I'd be happier, I think, but I use not- the old gods demand to come as my starter fic for you when I'm trying to get someone to read your stuff, just so you know. <laughs> That's the one I I uh, make them read and usually it's pretty successful, but yeah, people don't comment because they don't want to open an AO3 account or they don't want to do it anonymously. Yeah, I, I get that. I just, those aren't the ones, I'm actually, I'm very proud of that one, but that's not what I yeah, was I, I, Yeah, I knew that, but yeah. I think one of the cool things about the JB fandom that makes the writing fun too is that um, people really like kind of a mystery of a story and they'll really like dig in and ask and speculate in comments which is like the mm-hmm. most fun and you don't you pretty much learn you don't have to spell out too much in the story because people will start filling in the blanks themselves can we just give like a because uh, i to for, tam tam right yes. yeah yes. like can we just give a shout out to tam oh right God. now tam is the greatest commenter ever tam j lee i would have my second child's gonna be tams <laughs> <laughs> she's amazing but yeah just, it's, so it's so much fun when people are you know trying to guess what's happening next and you know it's, you kind of hold that power over them because you know you know so now i get to feel like george a little bit like ah oh, they're all dead <laughs> i see coralie try to jump in there sorry I, I was just gonna say about um comments and things and pieces that you think are the of good pieces that you've written i have a 12 12 000 word fic that i will never share um it's been seen by two people and it is for me and I think the best piece I've written but I'm so protective of it that the comments side of things would probably make me really disappointed that I'd written it because of what it is Um, that I just want to keep it 
So it's not the fact that I do enjoy and I do care about what I'm putting out. But I think sometimes when you get into a point and you've really enjoyed what you've written and it's been a struggle and you're proud of what you've got, that you don't sometimes want to open it up to what could be a lot of criticism or comments that would make you think, why on earth did I write this in the first place? Oh, yeah. The the vulnerability side of creation and putting it out there. I think we've all been there. (laughs) I get that. All right. Next question. Um, Do you work with a beta? What do you like about it? If you don't work with one, why not? So I work with a beta. I mentioned comma. Comma's my beta. She offered, like, after I've written, like, 80-something chapters. <laughs> it's like, where the fuck were you 80 chapters ago? <laughs> I haven't started. So I like it because commas, um, when she goes through my stuff, she really cleans up my sentences. Like, I, I, I she mentions I tend to do long run-on sentences, lots of comma splices. So um, grammar is probably not my strongest suit, so she's excellent at that kind of stuff i highly recommend getting a beta if you're you're gonna write i have one i work with um rose heart and i have now for a very very long time and i think she's one of my best friends now um not just in fandom but kind of outside of that um (laughs) so I'm i'm always grateful of the fact that that kind of came about because of me that I was struggling with writing something. Um, and sh- she's amazing, really. She's uh, lovely, too. It's another one of those gems just, in fandom. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't write anything now without having her there. Yeah, I had to write... I normally... I have two people I've gone to. Um, uh, Tafkar Fanfic, who... Thank God... Uh, she was willing to, to read The Night's Queen for me. Um, but I use, uh, Vanna, who's a, she mostly writes Stavos, uh, Stannis and Davos fan fiction, but she's got a copy editor background and, um, it's kind of weird. I didn't write for a long time. I didn't have one. And then once I started writing with one, I'm like, oh my God, what was I thinking? Right. <laughs> and then on a few occasions I've had to like not have a beta and I'm always sort of petrified. Um, and I, I mean, I show, like, I have a Stannis and Cersei piece that I thought was pretty good, and then both of my betas turned it back with a, hmm. Oh no. And then I'm like, okay, so it needs more work, is they're like, yes, yes it does. And I'm like, alright. <laughs> but I mean, I know that now, and I didn't throw it out there and get savaged, or, you know, I, I think it's, I really like working with a beta. Oh, I just want to say as well, because I should have said it earlier, I've had the pleasure of having um, sandwiches to read some of my stuff and act as a beta, beta, and she's fantastic as well. And then also I wanted to add YD. I've sent YD, like anything anything's at sexy times, i sent to YD. She's really good at the sexy stuff. I'm not, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, to YD. I sort of went through like, reverse direction that Carl mentioned where when I was first writing fanfic I would get everything baited and then I just got lazy as hell and <laughs> now I'm just like yeah, yeah. I mean to be fair to myself I I I am a really uh intensive self-editor um 
because I have to be. But um, yeah, I guess my thing is just that I I I also write, you know, in in real life, so. I have to spend so much time doing so many bajillions of editing passes on, like, other stuff that I don't... When I get to fanfic, I'm like, oh my god, I don't want to have to look at this over and over and over and over and over until I hate it. (laughs) So I'm just going to write this, and I'm going to do my editing passes as I go, and then go back. And I mean, it takes me a while, because I do edit it myself a lot but i don't send it to anybody i mean i have a bunch of friends who who are great betas i don't send it to anybody unless it's something i'm really really unsure about and i'm like i don't know if it's working i don't know where this is going and that sort of thing but if it's just something where i like really know what already like what i'm doing i'm i'm probably not gonna bother just because i don't want to have to go through 800 editing passes and start to hate it because then by the time i'm putting it out there i won't even make any money for you know going through the trouble yeah. of starting to hate it so i mean See, I start at the point of hating it, and then I have to work back. <laughs> well, I think general consensus is get a beta. Unless you're me and you're really lazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> to me, it's like I, I, the only way I'm ever going to post anything is to get immediate gratification <laughs> out of it. Yeah. And so that right. step of finishing and then having to have someone else do something uh, I, I mean, there's no point. I will literally never do anything if I have to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a good point. I get pretty impatient. Luckily, Calm is really gives us a quick turnaround. She's quick, but yeah, I've. And then I don't want to be. I don't want to have to be accountable to a beta's time. Yeah. Basically, I'm just selfish. So. <laughs> no, it's a style thing. I think it's a perfectly valid. Um, you know, it's a perfectly valid style choice, whether you're going to have one or not. Yeah, I'm also, I'm also a, a, another thing, though I will say that goes with not being, ba- like, if I do like an exchange, sometimes you do like gift exchanges or something, if I do something like that, I'll get it baited because I'm actually writing that for someone specifically, mm. but, so I actually want to make sure, you know, that it's, it's nice and everything, but... Um, one thing is that I also am an obsessive stealth editor, which means that I go back after I've already posted stuff. And then I'll I edit. do that too. So, <laughs> yes. I am a master of the stealth edit also. So, you know. You know what I did before I had a beta? I actually would read it aloud to myself and you catch a lot of things that way. If you oh yeah, I do that loud. all the time anyway. That's like, and that, that's, yeah. And then <laughs> I would, ahead. I would read it to like my husband. <laughs> He would be mortified. Like, anytime there was any smut, he's like, you're not going to put this online, are you? <laughs> he would, like, get embarrassed. I'm like, dude, we have sex. Why are you embarrassed by these words? <laughs> like, grow up. <laughs> yeah. Just in, a general, uh, just in a general, like, editing sense, yeah. Printing stuff out into physical paper is really huge important. Difference. And also, yeah, reading aloud. I, I, Everything I ever write, I read aloud before I, I post up or or publish it or whatever I'm going to do with it because that is one of the absolutely best ways to catch things okay so I'm going to have to pause the conversation here because as we were recording this it quickly became apparent that this was easily a two-parter almost three Um, if you have sent questions in please know we did get to all of them and the rest will be answered in part two 
of this fanfiction episode. In the meantime, why don't you drop us a line? You can reach us at close the door and come here.tumblr.com or email close the door and at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at door podcast. Support us on Patreon at close the door forward slash patreon.com. Also, you can like and review us on iTunes, please. We always love that. In the meantime, while you're waiting for part two of this fanfiction episode, why don't you go out there and find yourself a piece of fanfiction to read? Um, and if you do, for the love of God, leave some kudos, leave some comments, show some love. All right, until next time. Bye.